the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. In the first book of the Bible, God defined the family as husband, wife, and children. He gave us his infallible generational design for the family. Before the first child was born, however, sin entered God's perfect world, altering his divine order for the family then and now. Listen in as Pastor Rander ministers to us on what we must do to be restored to his perfect plan for our families. You'll want to take notes, so have Bible, pen, and paper handy. There is a word from the Lord for you. We're going to continue where we left off last time. If you have your Bibles, be so kind enough to turn to Psalms 139, verses 23 and 24, and then also 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Psalms 139, verses 23 and 24, and 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. The scripture says in Psalms 139, verses 23 and 24, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties, and see if there is any wicked way in me. Now you ought to underline that, and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Then 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5 says, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Wow. Test yourselves. In other words, put yourself to the test. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. And from these two passages of Scripture, we want to preach once again a soul-searching evaluation for genuine salvation and spiritual maturity. A soul-searching evaluation for genuine salvation and spiritual maturity, part two. Uh, we started this evaluation as a self-check inventory, and we want to see where we are spiritually in our walk with the Lord. We are most wise indeed if we would sit before the Lord to examine ourselves, to evaluate, and do some earnest soul searching to ensure that we are first of all saved without a doubt. Huh? And secondly, to ensure that we have the assurance of our salvation. And we also need to test ourselves to see if our lives are bearing witness of our salvation. Many are sitting in the house of God self-deceived into thinking that they are saved, but there is no evidence of fruit that they have genuinely been born again. 
Beloved, just because you walk the aisle, heard the plan of salvation, and say, I believe, doesn't necessarily mean that you are saved. On the other hand, one can be genuinely saved, but their spiritual lives are weak and worldly, and they do not seek kingdom priorities because they are not growing in their relationship with the Lord. And therefore, it is urgent that we ask the Lord to search our own hearts to purge out any sin and wickedness. We also need to examine ourselves to get a gauge on where we are spiritually in order to test the genuineness and authenticity of our faith. And when the Lord reveals our spiritual deficiencies, we need to repent, surrender those deficiencies to the Lord Jesus Christ, and make some spiritual adjustments in order to see those areas of weaknesses strengthened to the glory of God. With that being said, the Lord has given me an extensive soul-searching evaluation that will challenge us to spiritual maturity and greater service to the Lord. When is the last time you've given yourself a self-check evaluation on your spiritual condition? This is an evaluation. It is a test and, and, and uh, you need to write every question down and then mull over it in light of your own heart and life. Now, last Sunday, I asked the question, has there been a decrease or increase in your church attendance? We asked questions about your punctuality. Uh, you remember we said it's amazing how some people, uh, some saints, uh, have to struggle whether they're going to go to church or not. And then you got other saints who come in here in wheelchairs. They come in here paralyzed on canes, on walkers, with their oxygen tanks. And they come on time when there are many able-bodied saints who are quite able. And you got to decide if you're going to come to church. You, you're really in bad shape and don't know it. You really need to be in the spiritual ICU unit. Because if a person can come in here paralyzed on walkers, on cane with oxygen tanks, and you can get up and move at will without oxygen tanks, without canes and walkers, what is that saying about your spiritual life? Huh? So we talked about attendance and a punctuality. Uh, we also uh, are labored on the point of are you sitting and receiving uh, the word of God with the people of God to the glory of God on the Lord's day? Or do you worship, do you run out of worship celebration before the benediction without interacting with others? Are you allowing busyness to squeeze out time you should be spending with the Lord? Here's another question. Have you established priorities to manage the precious gift of time? And are you bearing fruit to the glory of God? We addressed all those questions last week. But I will start with one point from last week uh, that I preach and transition to all the new insights for this week. And that point is, as a review, one point of review, are you expecting the Lord to do great things in your life this year? That's a big question. Are you, you expecting the Lord to do great things in your life this year? Or have you restricted the potential of God being at work in your life and God can't maximize himself through you because you have such a small mindset? 
Your view of God is so small. Uh, you have self-doubt. You, you doubt as to what God is able to do through you. So you begin to doubt yourself, and therefore you can't do great things for God. Or perhaps you can't do great things for God because of your sheer lack of faith. You have a faith issue, and you, like the disciples, need to pray, Lord, increase my faith. And then you end up telling yourself over and over, what I can't do, what I can't do, what I can't do. Beloved, if you tell yourself often enough what you can't do, you will be unable to do what God is calling you to do, even though you're gifted, even though you have the time and the resources and the people around you to help you do it, you told you yourself you can't do, so you won't do, instead of saying, as the scripture says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Huh? So stop telling yourself what you can't do. And refuse to allow negative influences in your life to lower your expectations. And sometimes you be, people say, oh, I wouldn't do that. You know you can't do that. You don't have the education to do that. You know you're too busy. You've got too many children to do that. You're too old to do that. You're too sick to do that. There are always people intruding into your life to tell you what you can't do. Don't let folk be God in your life. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. He wants to do things incredible through you to the glory of God, but all these negative influences rob you of God's best for you. Pastor Rander's probing questions gives us much to fast and pray about regarding the family. We must be diligent in sustaining a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We must have assurance of our salvation. We must continuously pray for all families' growth in Christ. We must continuously pray for all families to be delivered from strongholds and addictions to reach our spiritual destiny in Christ. We can be delivered from tension, strife, and division, and have unity, tranquility, and peace. Genesis 18, 14, they says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? What a question. Is there anything too hard for God to do through you? Wow, you don't know what God, God can do. You don't know what God will do if you stop thinking negatively and stop believing bad reports of other people on you. Matthew 19, 26 says, But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all, look, but with God all things are possible. Repeat after me, with God, with God. all things are possible. Now, you know what? I want you to shout that like you, like, I want you to shout it uh, to the point that the moon can hear it. Okay, you ready? With God, With God. All, things all things are possible. possible. Now, you can read that, you can quote that, but do you believe that? And when you, what, and when you really believe it, you will act on what you believe to the point that God will, be, will begin to manifest that in your life. Philippians 4.13, I just stated, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And then Isaiah 43.19a, Isaiah 43.19a says, Behold, I do a new thing. 
This is a new year, and God wants to do a new thing through you. You say, me? Yes, you. You, you don't know where I've been. You. You don't know what I've done. You. You don't know my past. You. You. You don't know my weaknesses. You. You don't know my issues. You. God can heal you if you plead the blood of Jesus Christ over those sins and, and you let God just wipe the slate clean and God can give you, God is able to give you a new beginning and do some unimaginable things in your life to the glory of Almighty God. Behold, I do a new thing. Wow. What if you walked around saying that all day long? What? Ah, behold, God says, I do a new thing. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, 1 Corinthians 2, 9, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now, that's talking about later once we get to heaven, but let me tell you something. God has some great things prepared for you on this side of heaven as well. Not just when you get over there, the wonders of glory and all the relationship and all the things in heaven. But let me tell you, before you get there, God has prepared some things for you right here on this earth for those who love God. Now, don't, 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 don't say you love God and you don't obey his word. If you're obeying his word and you're loving him with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit, then God, listen, God has some incredible things he can do with you. We are our own worst enemy in that we cut ourselves short of God's best for us by failing to dream big. You fail to dream big, you think so tiny, so little, small minds. We cut our own, we're our own worst enemies in that we cut ourselves short of God's best for us by failing to dream big and expecting God by faith to do greater things with us. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to, to the power that works in us. Now, that was our review. That's one. I had nine others, but I'm not going there. If you want more of last week, you got to get the CD. Now we're going to go on into new insights for this week. Here's, a, here's the next evaluation. I told you I had about 40 of these. And, and uh, listen, if we do those first 10 last week, we'd be doing well, right? I'm going to take my time and preach because we got a lot of growing up to do. And so the word of God needs to sift our lives so we can live up to our God-given potential. Number two, are you a doer of the word and not only a hearer? In other words, do you obey, apply, and practice what you hear? There it is. Are you a what? Doer of the word and not only a hearer? In other words, do you obey, apply, and practice what you hear? 
James 1.22 is the text. But be doers of the word. You can underline that. And not hearers only. Some folk are good hearers. They're professional hearers. You know, and, and listen, only hear, hearing is not good enough. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. If, if you listen, if you're hearing and not doing, you're deceiving yourself. If you're hearing and not doing, you are deceiving yourself. Philippians 4 9 says, these things which you learn, say learn. Because if you learn it, now some of you are good learners, but you don't do after you learn. The things which you learn and receive and heard and saw in me. Now underline these two words. These do. See that? These what? Do. And the God of peace will be with you. Let me ask you a question. What are you doing with the word that you have heard? Now, some of you are becoming spiritually fat, and you, and you don't exercise the word out of you to other people. Let me, here's a big thought, and I want you to buckle your seatbelts. God holds us responsible and accountable for what we do or fail to do with the word of God. You, you need to be writing every point of that down. Because we're going to answer to God with what we do or fail to do with this word. God holds us responsible. You say, that's why I don't go to church, because I don't want to hear that, because I don't want to be held accountable. I don't want to be responsible, so I skipped church. I didn't hear. Let me tell you something. Ignorance of God's law is no excuse. That's right. You go down 1604 and it says 35 miles an hour, and you going uh, 50 miles an hour, and you say to the officer, officer, I didn't see that sign. Well, he just, he's going to write you a reminder. Because ignorance of God's law is no excuse. He said, I'm going to help you see it the next time. God holds us responsible and accountable for what we do or fail to do with his word. One cannot grow in wisdom. One cannot grow in knowledge. One cannot grow in spiritual understanding. One cannot grow in discernment by ignoring, suppressing, resisting, rebelling, or not putting the word of God into practice. Huh? Into practice. I reiterate, one cannot grow in wisdom. How many want to be wise in Christ? One cannot grow in knowledge. How many want to be more knowledgeable in Christ? One cannot grow in spiritual understanding. How many want to be illuminated with spiritual understanding from the Word of God? What about discernment? That's the ability to discriminate, discriminate between truth and error. It, it is the God-given ability through the Spirit to distinguish between right and wrong. That's discernment. You will not grow if you're ignoring the Word of God suppressing the word of God, resisting the word of God, rebelling against the word of God, or not putting the word of God into practice. Here it is. Hearing the word of God and obeying should be inseparable. Uh-oh. Did you get that? Write it down. Don't, don't, we'll, don't, do, don't have selective hearing now. 
hearing the word of God and obeying should be what? Inseparable. Inseparable. The question is, is there defiance in your hearing? <laughs> Y'all choking now. Is there defiance in your hearing? We tell, we, we, when it comes to voting, when it comes to anything else, uh, you can know the truth and you go and vote against the truth. That's right. Then you have then you have rebelled against God's word and you are held accountable to the condition of our country. And Christians are part of the problem because we've become so lukewarm and so blinded by people and intellect and charisma and oratorical skills. Look, I want y'all say amen. You've gone blind. And then when all hell break out, you wonder what's wrong, and you're the fault. It's how you vote. It's how you talk. It's where you go. It's what you do and don't do according to the authoritative word of the living God. It's bad to be in bad shape and don't know it. Hearing the word of God and obeying should be what? Inseparable. The question is, is there defiance in your hearing? You I heard what he said, but I ain't going to do that. Oh, no, 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 no. You always, and then you, you don't, you get, you, let, let me tell you something. There are people get so defiant, they get mad. They get mad at me, and I'm the messenger. If the mailman put an a, a, a electric bill in your box that's too high, you don't slap the mailman. <laughs> you call up the source and ask them, what is the problem? You know, or you say everybody else should have been here, but you here. Ooh, she missed this message. She she should have heard that. It's for everybody else but you. <laughs> defiant, just defiant, and then you wonder why you so spiritually sick. Oh God, help me preach. Number three, have you ceased from taking the Lord's name in vain? Oh, let me labor on this one a while. It's not self-check inventory. Have you ceased from taking the Lord's name in vain? Exodus chapter 20, verse 7 says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. I want you to listen to this black ball-headed preacher, and I want you to listen well. We need to repent when we do not take God's name seriously. Every time you utter Jesus or God in your mouth, you better be so serious with that name. I want you to hear me well. His name is holy and must be reverenced. His name is so holy and high, it must be honored. His name is so holy, it must be given the highest respect. The highest respect. Say highest respect. Say it a little bit louder. Say it a little bit louder. His name must be given highest respect. 
You don't let nobody talk about your mama without getting disturbed. You want to fight? Just talk about my mama. That's right. You don't, don't talk about my mama. Listen, you, you ought to get right. They messing with the name of Jesus, and you just join in with it. Never use the Lord's name frivolously. Never use his name lightheartedly. Never use his name jokingly. Never use the Lord's name casually. You're watching television shows and movies that's blaspheming the name of God, and you're laughing at it. They're just saying, I mean, they're all kinds of, just they put Jesus and everything, Lord have mercy and everything. I mean, they, they, they say they just anything, Jesus, just, just whimsically, nonchalantly, casually, sarcastically using the name of God in vain and do not care. And you laugh at the things that break the heart of Almighty God when you ought to be weeping because the name of Jesus is being blasphemed. Oh, God. The way we use God's name conveys how we really feel about him. The way we use God's name conveys how we really feel about God. Those who love God and take their relationship with him seriously will be greatly offended. Not just offended, you ought to be greatly offended when his name is being dishonored. God will never leave us or forsake us. Can we say that about the world in which we live today? God sustains us. When we are in need, is it the world that comes to our rescue? No. God and God alone rescues us. Can we depend on the world to lead us and guide us? No. If we walk each day with our Heavenly Father, we will answer our call to holiness every day. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.